Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to The Other Castle. The Other Castle, I'm Andrea. And my name is Tom. Hi, Tom. Hello, how are you doing today? It's a good day, it's a beautiful day. I had a cinnamon roll. Ooh, that is a good day. It's a good day when you have a cinnamon roll. <laughs> but it's an even better day if you have cake. That's true. Natural that segue. that cake is a lie. <gasps> that would be rude. Good segue into talking about our game today. Thank you. Because when we set out to do this episode, we were actually intending to do two games in one episode. You were. I don't do that. <laughs> I was intending to. I'm still recovering from The Last of Us, so yeah. I'm not going to do an episode for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm still exhausted. But I was totally intending to do Portal 1 and Portal 2 as a single episode. Right. But then I sat down and played Portal, and I was like, well, hot damn. There is an entire episode of content just in Portal 1. Oh, shit, yeah. So we're going to do Portal 1 this week, and then next week we'll come back and do Portal 2. Imagine me just sitting on a beach with my legs up drinking a fun, fruity drink, because I got this week off, basically. <laughs> it was fucking great. Honestly, you've deserved it. I've been doing a lot. So. <laughs> you have. You've, you've been doing a lot of the heavy lifting this season, so I guess it's my turn to come in and do some. And I'm doing like emotionally heavy shit. I did The Last of Us 2, and I did Outlast. Like, I'm fucking tired, man. Yeah, I'm just really emotionally did. exhausted. And I'm here to bring the fun. Yeah, I'm <laughs> and I also do have another dark one coming up that I'm working on right yeah. now, so like I'm just fucking tired. <laughs> not to say Portal's not dark as shit. No, it has its darkness. It's pretty dark, but it's fun. Yeah, it, they keep it light with the darkness. Yeah, it's still rated E. Yeah. like <laughs> It's like a G-rated horror. It's kind of great. So the reason that I wanted to do it two games in one episode was that I always remembered Portal as basically being a demo. Right. Because it came out in 2007 on a game called The Orange Box. What? So The Orange Box was actually five games in one. It was Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 Episode 1. Is that a DLC? It was, yeah. Cool. Half-Life 2 Episode 2, Team Fortress 2, and Portal. It's kind of like a best of a uh, fucking Valve, isn't it? It really was, yeah. It was, it was Valve's entryway onto like Xbox 360 and PlayStation as well. Gotcha. So it was like their party pack. Yeah. Of mostly Dr. Gordon Freeman, who is 27 years old. <laughs> exactly, right? I'm still not over the fact that Homeboy is fucking 27. Like, he just got off his parents' insurance and he's dealing with this shit? Are you fucking kidding me? And, you know, they actually kind of reference that fact in this game. They do really poke a little bit of fun at Black Mesa and their <gasps> hiring practices. Oh, I'm so excited because, yeah, no, he's too young to be dealing with this shit. He should not have <laughs> such a senior role in this company. Right, right. Being a part of that orange box, being part of Half-Life 2, it was built off of the Half-Life 2 engine. Okay. So in 2005, uh, one of Valve's developers, they were at a career fair for DigiPen. Now, are you familiar with DigiPen? Are those the pens that you use on a Wacom tablet for graphic design? So no. Okay. DigiPen is actually a school. Oh, it is a way off. <laughs> gaming school in Washington State. They have developed gaming developers for generations at this point. Oh, cool. Yeah, they are very, very much like the number one gaming school that there is. He went there and they saw this game. And it was called Narbacular Drop. Jesus Christ. It is the most pretentiously named fucking thing you've ever heard <laughs> in your life, right? I'm going to be a designer. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a lot. But what the game had was the portals 
and the physics. Okay. And so it just needed story and graphics is essentially what it needed. Yeah. So they brought this over to Valve and they hired the entire student team of Aww. 10 just right out the bat. That's great. Right? Hell yeah. Really cool. So they And took- that's the right way to do it. It is. You and, don't just rip it off. And they started off very simply. They just started with the gameplay and developing that. And then as they were doing the play testing, uh, people were like, well, what's this all building to? What's this all coming towards? Like, why are we doing this? Okay. And so they teamed up with the head writer of the Half-Life series to kind of flesh out the story. Oh, cool. And Half-Life story, you know, we've done this episode. So if you are curious, you can find out why I'm freaking out about Dr. Gordon Freeman being only 27 years old. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, like, to side note, my head canon that he fully had a boys' night the night before and is stupid hungover as he walked right. to work that day. <laughs> because he is late to work. He's late to work and he's chugging a Gatorade and he's clearly not happy about his life. Like, right. You can feel him sweating in the fucking tram ride <laughs> into Black Mesa. <laughs> well, this isn't Half-Life. Ugh. As much as it's related to Half-Life. They're in the same universe, though, right? Oh, they absolutely are in the same universe. The main facility for this game is called Aperture Science, Mm -hmm. and Black Mesa is their number one competitor. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really fun. We unfortunately, in Portal 1, do not get a whole lot of history of Aperture Science. Okay. The history of Aperture Science really comes in Portal 2. Okay. And Portal 2 is a longer game, right? It's a much longer game. This one was developed to be its own standalone game, where Portal was always developed to be an add-on to the orange box. How long does it take to go through Portal 1? Oof. I mean, your first playthrough you ever play it, maybe three hours. So you can do it in a sitting. Yeah, you can easily do it in a sitting. And if you've played and you know Portal well, you can do it probably about an hour and a half to two hours. Okay, once you like have a feeling for the rhythm of how you do the puzzles and shit like that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, what you just said, yeah, it's a puzzle game. Right. It is not like these other games. Like we did Outlast already. Yeah. And you said there's no actual combat in the game. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> to, to the detriment of uh, <laughs> my psyche from having to play it, yeah. And Portal's very much the same way. There's no real combat in Portal. Hmm, but, strategy. Yeah, it's very much strategy in this game. Gotcha. To kind of talk about its legacy, it actually received higher praise than Half-Life Episode 2. Oh, shit. And also higher praise than Team Fortress 2. So this really was the shining jewel of the orange box. Oh, it was. Absolutely. It was a total sleeper hit. So even for me, I got the orange box day one came out because I was a huge Half-Life fan. Right. Never touched Portal. Really? Skipped over it. Was like, I don't care. Blew it off as a demo. My nephew, who's now people don't know my age break off in terms of my siblings and stuff. (laughs) I got 20 years between me and my oldest sister and stuff. So she's got... Kids that are actually only like a couple years younger than Andrea. <laughs> it's true and kind of weird. It is a little weird. So, But I had a nephew who was always telling me, you've got to try Portal. You've got to try Portal. So finally, one day I sat down and I was like, fine, I'll try this stupid little game. <laughs> and I didn't put it down until I beat the fucking thing. Hell yeah. Oh, my That's God. what's up. It was so good. Loved it. So it received a couple Game of the Year awards. Game of the Year awards. For like a demo that was part of a party pack. Yeah. That's fucking wild. Now, it's not doing, like, however many, like, Last of Us 2 got. 261, I think, no. is the total for Last of Us 2. It got, a, it got like, three. Yeah, but still, three is impressive. And <laughs> this came out any. in 2007? 2007, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then in 2012, the Spike Video Game Awards nominated it for Game of the Decade. Damn. Didn't win, but still, a nomination for Game of the Decade is oh, still. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. 
And then that same year, it was even put up for display in the Smithsonian. Holy shit. Right? I didn't know they did games in the Smithsonian. <laughs> I've been to that. Well, it's considered art at this point. Hell you yeah. know, It's considered an important piece of culture. And a big reason of that, I think, is also just that it introduced us to one of the most important gaming memes of all time, which oh my God. we'll get into. Oh, yeah. And I mildly referenced already. <laughs> and I referenced regularly. Right. Like, how could you not? I haven't played these, actually. I, I don't think I have the street cred to be able to reference that. I, you reference it enough, though. I do. I do. <laughs> but you've watched me play these. I have. And we'll get into it. But there was a period of my life where I fell down the rabbit hole obsessively reading comics about this. Right. <laughs> do you remember that? We went to, oh, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was bad, guys. We went looking for the physical copies only to find out they're only in digital. They don't exist. <laughs> Almost printed them out and published it myself. <laughs> Fully lost you my mind. You dragged my ass to a couple different comic book stores looking for this thing. We did drive to like WeHo for that, <laughs> and we lived in the valley. So if you're in LA, like that's a fucking hike. We Digital went over the only. hill. Yep. Which we're also going to cover in this episode. Shit, yeah. All right. The game actually only really has one real character that has a voice, anyway. So okay. there is the main character. Uh, that character's name is Chell. And it is a silent protagonist. And she's a cutie. She's a cutie. Uh, we don't know too much about Shell, particularly in Portal 1. We... I think she's mixed race. Yeah. You she think looks, so? She, she does looks look, like me. She does look a little mixed race, yeah. She, she, Her face looks like my face. Yeah, she has a very similar <laughs> face to yours. And it is a first-person shooter. However, because of the, the aspect of the portals, you can place portals close enough that you can see yourself and yeah. see exactly what Shell looks like, which is very unique for a first-person shooter. You rarely get to see what your character actually looks like. True. The other character, we're not going to say their name because that name gets revealed throughout the course of the game. But uh, It's not like a Voldemort situation? No, no. Okay. It's, <laughs> You're uh, like the, the antagonist who must not be named. Yeah, but this is the, uh, I guess you would say the antagonist, and her name is Ellen McLean. She does the voice of the main robot as well as all of the turrets in the game. I didn't know she voiced the turrets, too. Yeah, she actually came up with her main character voice when she was like testing out all the different voices she was trying with the turrets. Yeah. And she did like this sultry voice and they're like, Ooh. that is wrong for the turrets, but let's go with the main character for that one. Hang on to that one. Yeah. And so they, they had her doing that one for the rest of the game. That's cool. Totally, totally. I think it's time to just dive in and talk about Portal. So you wake up in a glass case of emotion, is what yes. I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yes, so you're in this like eco chamber, there's a toilet, there's a radio, and then it is like a glass room, and you can see outside of the glass room, and in that room is like a very clinical looking just room. It's all white walls, there's nothing really to say much more about it. Creepy. Then a robot voice comes over, and it's saying, welcome to the Enrichment Center. And she goes on to explain that you will be a test subject. She then tells you that there may be bodily harm. <laughs> and to avoid bodily harm, be sure to... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, completely glitches out, does not tell you how to avoid bodily harm. That's very in line with the humor and the writing style of this game, which is so fun. Yeah, it starts off right out the gate that one, it's going to be a little funny. <laughs> and two, you can't entirely trust everything this voice is telling you. Now, I don't want to defer too far, but, you know, in doing the Half-Life episode with you, I don't feel like Half-Life had the same sense of humor and, like, 
fun as Portal does. Am I wrong in saying that? Oh, or? you're not wrong at all. No. Okay. Half-Life is very humorless. Yeah, it's very like straightforward sci-fi. Like, no, this is scary as fuck. Like, you are just trying to stay alive. And Portal has this sense of whimsy to it. Is it, that weird to say? You're not wrong at all. It's It's got a very, very subtle sense of humor. It's sarcastic, yeah. I would say. It's very sarcastic sense of humor. But it, it's a simple sense of humor as well. Like, for example, this one that happens right next. It's... The voice comes back and says, a portal will appear in three, two, one, and it appears right in front of you. Oh, shit. So it also has very simple senses of humor, but I would even say like that glitching out after saying like, whatever you do, don't, you know. Yeah. That is simple humor, but it's effective. Right. It's, You're like, oh, that's yeah. great. So yeah, as we were saying before, where you could see Shell um, if you place them close enough, this is the first time you actually do see her is right out the very beginning. And you can see yourself walk through this portal. So it's a very good tutorial section okay. of showing you how these portals work. Gotcha. So you see the blue end and you see a red end. You walk through the blue, you come out the red. Super Easy. simple. Yeah. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> As you look around inside this clinical room, because now you have exited your glass case of emotion and you are back on the outside of it and you're in that clinical area, you look up and you can see some windows and it's they're like observation windows, right? Oh, okay. But there is nobody fucking in them. Oh, no audience for you, Shell. <laughs> no, there's no audience whatsoever. And as you're going through, you really do start to realize that this place is kind of abandoned, it seems. Uh-oh. But you do see security cameras like watching you and they follow you as well. Speaking of security cameras, there's an achievement called Camera Shy. After you get your gun, if you detach every single security camera through the game, you unlock the achievement called Camera Shy. Oh, that's wonderful. Like, don't look at me. I did get that today. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's sick. (laughs) And I did not know that there was going to be an achievement to it either. Did that feel good? (laughs) It did, yeah, because I do. Every time I saw one of those cameras, I was like, ooh, I want to knock you off. You're like, fuck you, don't look at me. Yeah, so if you can, you do it. Your first puzzle is very simple. You just place an Aperture Science weighted storage cube on a big red button. And it opens a door. And that door, it leads to an elevator. Now, before you get inside that elevator, there is like a, what I would call a virtual door. What they call it is a particle field. Okay. So it's just basically lines running across. You can cross through it. It doesn't hurt you or anything like that. But what it'll do is if you're carrying anything, it'll destroy it in your hands. Take away your contraband. Right. Takes away your contraband and makes sure you can't carry anything over. So your weighted companion cue, if you tried to go through with it, it would disintegrate in your hands. Oh, no. Also, later, when you have portals, if you pass through it, it destroys any portals that you had placed in the room behind you. It, like, resets your shit. Yeah, it resets everything. I get you. After that, you get inside the elevator, and you go on to the next test chamber. After a couple of different puzzles uh, where the portals are arranging themselves, uh, we find a test chamber where there's the gun that you had mentioned. So the gun's kind of spinning around in a circle, shooting portals at different walls. Ooh. And you have to go out into the center and grab the gun itself. Once you have the gun, you can now shoot your own blue portals. Ooh. And the voice congratulates you on obtaining your very own Aperture Science portal gun. It allows you to place interdimensional portals on surfaces. Oh, God, you shouldn't be able to do that. (laughs) No, 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 that's... That's cool, but you shouldn't be able to do that. Well, does it help that she reassures you that it's completely safe? No. (laughs) You don't know who this person is. It's just like a god voice bellowing through like a fucking building. 
no, you shouldn't trust that voice. Yeah, we have learned in this uh, show, especially, don't trust the voice telling you what to do. Bio shot. <laughs> Take a bio shot. <laughs> Did Atlas not lead you astray? <laughs> Come on. So as I was saying, you only get the blue portals. So as you're going through these test chambers, there are orange portals, red portals. I don't know. It's a reddish orange. I think they're orange. You think they're orange? Yeah. Okay. We'll call them orange then. I won't call them red. So the orange portals, they are kind of stationary. They arrange themselves and you just get to shoot your blue portal at walls so you can kind of jump through the hoops that way. Cool. But it does run down a list of do's and don'ts about the device. There's some handy dandy guides. But it does once again go under no circumstance should you. Because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> One of the dark things that she says, and we'll find this out later why it's so dark, is she talks about Aperture Sciences bring your daughter to work day and how it is the perfect day to see if they're available for testing. There as in the daughters? As in the daughters. Oh. Yes. I used to go to Take Your Daughter to Work Day. Yeah, how were those? We watched Hocus Pocus in the break room and ate out of vending machines while our parents furiously did accounting. <laughs> it wasn't very cool. Well, as we learn in Portal 2, that is not what happens at Take Your Daughter to Work Day. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume not. The robot keeps kind of egging you on. And it's just hassling you. She's kind of a hassler. And, and as we said, it has a very sarcastic sense of humor. Uh, like, for example, in one of the chambers, she says that, all right, so the next one, we're not going to be monitoring you. Go ahead about, do however you want. We're not watching you. And then as soon as you finish, she goes, I'm kidding. We were watching you the entire time. <laughs> she's like a bad mean girlfriend who's just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, this has frenemy behavior all over it. Oh, right. And like, so one of the other ones that she does is she's going to like congratulate you. She wants to praise you and she's going to do it by name, except a different robot voice comes over and says, subject name here. Oh, and then she goes, you must be the pride of subject hometown here. <laughs> what an asshole. And it makes you wonder if she did that on purpose. I think she did because she's kind of a cunt. <laughs> she's kind of a robo cunt. She kind of is. And I'm just like, hmm, you know, I... I would believe that they just didn't put the name in there, but I also would believe she'd just play that to be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd be like, hell yeah, I'm being an asshole. So far, none of your tests have been like life-threatening. Okay. But then they introduce a toxic sludge that you need to avoid. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, she says that you don't have to worry about it too much. It's just there to make test subjects like try harder. Yeah, because there's toxic sludge involved. Right. They're like, it's it's not like a major threat to your life. It's just there enough to push you. It's just a normal threat on your <laughs> life. Jesus Christ. Rude ass Voldemort robot. <laughs> right? She really is. I love this character so much. Like, she's gone <laughs> down in history as one of the best villains oh, iconic. in gaming history. Yeah. And for good reason, because... She's making you laugh the entire time while also threatening you. <laughs> like you can't be mad about it. <laughs> so one test, she even starts by saying it's impossible and not to even bother trying to solve it. Oh, that's great. And that she she even apologizes for the clearly broken test chamber. I love when a villain just heckles you. <laughs> right, right. But it's funny because that one's actually extremely easy. It's just that there's like all these particle fields all around you. And she's like, see, it's not going to be possible, but. 
it was it was not a hard one. But then eventually you do see a diagram on the ground and they have really cool ways of showing how the portals work with like little stick figures. Uh, so this one shows a man kind of jumping into a hole and into a portal and then flying out of another portal through the air. Okay. All right. All right. So this sign is in front of a pit. Oh, shit. So your orange portal is above you, like on a wall, and it's basically saying, jump off this cliff, shoot your blue portal at the ground, and you'll go flying out of the orange one. Okay, so getting some momentum so that you like come out swinging out of the other end. Yes, exactly. The portals keep your momentum when you enter them. Or as the robot voice says, speedy thing go in, speedy thing come out. <laughs> These fucking robots. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, you miss this humor in Half-Life. Like, yeah. No one was heckling Gordon Freeman. No. <laughs> they were like, use your fucking PhD, Gordo. <laughs> Shoot the alien better, dipshit. Like, <laughs> no, it was just him being like, I'm just trying to stay alive and people dying everywhere and like falling down elevator shafts and shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shell's kind of like, do, 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 do. All right. And this fucking like, heckling ass robot's going to like dumb shit down for me. And poor Shell can't even like respond. Who do you think would win a fight, Shell or Dr. Gordon Freeman? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Because I don't know if Gordon Freeman has the tenacity that Shell does. That's interesting. He does have a PhD. He does have a PhD. He's got a raging hangover, though. But something, like, Shell has something about her that we're going to learn later that I don't think Gordon has. Okay, well, keep it in mind. I'm curious. Yeah. So we finally get to a chamber with another gun on a pole. Shooting portals. Uh-oh. This time, it's the orange portals. Again, you have to go down, get the gun itself, and now you can shoot both the blue and the orange portals. That's very exciting. It really is. So you're able to put them on almost any wall. In this game, it's basically white walls. If it's a white wall, you can put a portal on it. When you get the second half of the gun, basically, you unlock something called Lab Rat. Lab rat. Yeah, that's the achievement for that, is being a lab rat. <laughs> I like that. The robot voice then tells you that the gun is worth more than the combined income of everyone in Subject Hometown Here. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a coos. I love it. Right. Every time you enter one of these test chambers, there is a giant light up panel that pretty much tells you the different kinds of things that you're going to be facing in that test chamber. Okay, so you get a little warning. You get a little diagram warning, yeah. But there's like 12 little icons and the ones that light up on there are the ones that are going to be relevant. And the last one on all of them is a piece of cake. <gasps> cake! But that one is never lit up. So actually, let's talk about that piece of cake because... In the 15th chamber, which we keep seeing is out of 19, there are going to be 19 test chambers. And chambers as in like level, like section areas of the yeah. game that are puzzles. Gotcha. Yeah. Each one of these rooms is a different test chamber. Cool. The robot says that at the conclusion of testing, as a thank you, cake will be provided. That's great. Do you know what kind of cake? Chocolate cake. <gasps> very good cake. Very. Top very tier good cake. cake. What kind of cake do you like? Oh, yeah. Me personally? Yeah. Oh. I mean, chocolate cake's a solid cake. You do usually like a chocolate. I've seen you go for a marble. Yeah, but like the chocolate overlord cake at Ikea. That one's a pretty good cake. That, also um, very aggressively named. Yeah, that one is a very good chocolate cake. Solid cake. When you get to testing chamber number 16, she tells you that the chamber that she intended to use is unavailable. 
and instead you'll undergo a live fire exercise made for military drones. What the fuck? Good luck. Oh, shit. (laughs) So here's where we meet uh, the other characters of the game, which is the sentry turrets. You mentioned the turrets and how she is also the voice of the turrets, right? Is also the voice of the turrets. Very yeah. cool. Very different sounding voice. You would not guess it, as you have even said. Like you didn't realize it was the same voice no. actor. No. Yeah, love the turrets in a weird way. They're so cute. They're very cute. Uh, they they're always <laughs> asking, "Are you still there?" They're saying hello. They're like they have very cute voices, but then they shoot you with machine guns if they catch you. <laughs> There is, you can unlock an achievement where if you knock one turret over using a turret, it's called friendly fire, (laughs) which just also makes it that much cuter. Like, these are very adorable murder robots. Right. They're not hard to kill necessarily, uh, but they will kill you if they (laughs) they get the opportunity. Well, you're a squishy human. You are a squishy human. All you really, because they are sentries, so they move side to side, but they can't do like a full turn. Yeah. So if you get behind them, you can pick one up and kind of toss it, and then it just dies. Gotcha. And if you toss it at each other, it's called friendly fire, baby. But Chamber 16 is also where gaming history is made. Oh, shit. So as you're going through, you see this panel that has been propped open by a couple of weighted cubes. Okay. And And panel like part of the wall panel? Part of the wall panel is stuck open. And on the ground in blood, you see the word help. In blood. In blood. We just did the Outlast episode, man. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to tap out. I'm not doing this. It's okay. You don't see any bodies. Okay. There are no bodies in this. All right. But you follow that path behind the wall that is like kind of propped open. Yeah. I'm still nervous. And for the first time in all of gaming, the words, the cake is a lie, <gasps> is written on the wall. Oh, that's fucking great. And you get up to 16 out of 19 chapters before that drops. Yeah. You're so invested. You're so far in. Oh, that's so good. But in 15 was when we first got introduced to the cake anyway. Oh, fair. So it's 16 is we see this written on the wall. The cake is a lie. And this is one of the secret layers of Dr. Ratman. My boyfriend. Who you have just (laughs) gone down some pretty dark rabbit holes. There was like a good nine days of my life where Dr. Ratman was all I thought about. (laughs) I can't explain it. And I haven't played these games, so I kind of have no right to like have this obsession, but I have an obsessive brain. Like when I get on a track, I can't not get on it. I'm on medication for it. It's fine. But (laughs) I did get on this weird track about Dr. Ratman. I obsessed over videos and theories about him. I read all the comics obsessively. I lost my mind. I made up a voice for him in my head, which I won't do. (laughs) But he's my boyfriend. He would win a fight against Gordon. Oh, absolutely he would. Because he's insane. He's like the Bruno of this game. Bruno to Encanto is fucking <laughs> doctor. He lives in the walls with the rats. He does, actually. You're not supposed yeah. to talk about him. He might be crazy. He has a couple of personalities. Yeah, we'll talk about Ratman at the end of the actual game proper of Portal. He's also a doctor, like, just saying. <laughs> My parents would be proud. Very true. My so, boyfriend. Ratman is a very helpful character, too. Like, we never see him. This is not a character we ever see in the game or in Portal 2, neither of them. Sadly. But he is a presence nonetheless. Right. Uh, he writes on the walls. Like I said, the cake is a lie. He's written that like a dozen times all over the walls. Oh. But he's also kind of leaving you hints throughout the levels now. 
for example, above some of the sentry turrets, there'll be an X. So you can drop a weighted cube on top of one of the sentry turrets and kill it that way. Oh, cool. It's really neat. I love like all the different physics and everything. So when you put a portal on the ceiling, but then the other portal on a wall, like you can walk these cubes up to the wall and then let go and it drops from the ceiling it down goes on top. Straight down. Yeah, it's like <laughs> gravity takes over from your hands and like, oh, they did a really good job. Because like I said, when they hired them, it was because they had the physics figured out. Right. And like the the gaming world mechanics of how everything worked out with gravity. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, this game really was the first 15 chambers of the 19 was just teaching you the mechanics of using the portal guns. Does it take that long to feel comfortable with it? Like it while does. you're actually gaming? Okay. Yeah. I mean, especially your very, very, very first time playing through this. Like I said, it would take you about three hours. Because it's a very unique way to play things and like you have to get in the mindset right yeah and i would almost argue portal one is a like tutorial to portal two <laughs> we're all leading up to this <laughs> in a really big way because yeah you are spending so much time learning the mechanics that by the time you're at you know now we're at chamber number 17 of 19 yeah and we're really just getting like fully powered up and we're almost done right <laughs> yeah like there's only 19 yeah jesus and so in 17 we are given one of a lot of gamers favorite characters as well and it's not even a character <laughs> it's the weighted companion cube the most iconic fucking box right in all of like up there with mario's question mark box oh easily like you want to talk famous boxes of gaming Weirdly, <laughs> Weirdly, which they exist. Yeah, you there's know, two. It's fucking the Mario box and this box. Crush Bandicoot's boxes. That's fair. Like, I'll give you that. Arguably, one. also. Yeah. But there are some famous boxes in gaming history. This is one of them. I would put the weighted companion cube right up there with Mario's. You're absolutely right. Okay, so describe it in detail. It is a gray box like every other weighted box you've seen throughout the entire game. Perfect square. Perfect square. How big do you think they are? Like in comparison to a shell, like do they come up to her knees or? Well, when you use the weighted companion cube for the first time, you're actually using it to help you step up some stairs. Okay. So it would be, I would say double stair height. Okay. Yeah. It Fair. was a little bit higher than a normal stair, but I would probably put it double stair height. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, up to your knees, up, up to Shell's knees, I would say is a pretty good height. But the big difference with the weighted companion cube is the big ass heart. Oh, they the made center. it cute. Yes. There's I love a that. Big pink heart. She tells you that it's going to accompany you through this chamber and to please look after it. Voldemort's like, this is your friend now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your buddies. During this chamber, she keeps reminding you that the cube does not speak, but that if it does, do not trust its advice. What the fuck, Voldemort? <laughs> That's bad. Okay, so you're walking around with this box, and she's like, hey, if it starts talking to you, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, but also don't listen to it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ignore the sentient pink box. <laughs> That's horrifying. Pay attention to the sentient robot instead. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the fucking curtain. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And believe me, I know there are some very dark theories on what is contained in the companion cube. Oh, yeah. We all watch MatPat. <laughs> but uh, we're not going to get into that just yet. Uh, so you do <laughs> Give it a minute. find another Ratman layer. 
<gasps> yes. And this layer is very different from the last one. This one, he is basically worshiping the companion cube. So is it implied that Ratman was a test subject as well since he's in these chambers? I will go into what happened with okay. Ratman. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yes and no. Oh, no. <laughs> My poor baby. I know. Ratman has a, uh, a pretty dark history. Uh, and I want to make it all better. I want to fix him. You want to fix Ratman? I love him. Oh, I don't know that there's any saving Ratman. There is. I have hope for our love. <laughs> so, yeah, you do find his little love lair to uh, the companion cube. It doesn't really advance the plot or anything like that. But uh, Okay, but can we talk about my favorite part of this part of his lair? Mm-hmm. So there's pictures all over the walls, right. right? And over the people's faces, there are companion cubes. Yeah. One of them is a calendar, and it's a sexy babe in a red bikini. <laughs> Her face is a companion cube, but if you look closely at the calendar, it says Women of Aperture Science. Does it really? So, so first of all, HR fucking nightmare. Oh, my there is God. There's a, a sexy bikini calendar of employees of Aperture Science. <laughs> the same place that has Bring Your Daughter to Work Day is like, also, let's highly sexualize at least our female coworkers. Not to say that they didn't include men as well and non-binary scientists. There are scientists across the gender spectrum. Oh, yeah. But Ratman very specifically was like, fucking, it's May, and I'm going <laughs> to look at this babe, and she is a companion cube now. But yeah, I'm just so perturbed that they had these calendars available, and then <laughs> Ratman's like, I'm also going to keep this one for my lair. <laughs> the irony being that the girl for May, her name was April. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ratman would have been Mr. June, my month. Oh, yeah. Summer rat. All yours. Love him. <laughs> the year of the rat. <laughs> He's my baby. So at the end of the chamber, you are instructed to destroy the companion cube. Why? Uh, because it won't let you go past unless you oh, no! destroy the companion cube. This <gasps> is all part of the test. Oh. It's basically to see just how much you'll do. Like in the Kingsman, where they're like, you have to shoot the dog to be a fucking Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you have very to get, much so. You have to get rid of your sentient box. <laughs> yeah, you have to get rid of your companion cube. Okay, so I, you do have to get rid of the companion cube. Mm -hmm. When you do, you unlock the achievement fratricide. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that word means? Isn't that killing your brother? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some implications there, there are about some. what happens in the sentientness of the cube yeah based on what the developers put into the fucking story <laughs> which is stressful may or may not actually be your brother you just killed yeah like it's it could also be bring your son to work day shell could have had a brother yeah we don't know that <laughs> jesus christ so regardless of how long you take to do it the robot says that you destroyed yours faster than anyone else in the history of testing has <laughs> Your brother knew to shut his mouth and just deal with it. Just to make you seem as heartless as she is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next up is chamber number 18 of 19. Mm -hmm. And it shows every single obstacle except the cake. Oh, it's the fucking um, all-stars version. Yeah, but she promises once again, there will be cake at the end. Yay. And it's, you know, it's a pretty difficult level, but you get through it. Is... Voldemort robot just kind of like a fucking, oh God, what's it called? A timeshare salesman. You're like, if you get through this, we will give you tickets to Disney on ice, but just you have to get through all the fucking chambers first. Keep moving the goalpost further and further away. Yeah, like, oh, but wait, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> well, you finally do make it to chamber number 19. And this one 
has the cake highlighted. Oh, shit. And it actually doesn't even have nearly as many like uh, obstacles highlighted either. It's only oh, got like three. So it's not as bad as 18. 18 was easily the hardest one. Also the most fun. Okay. Not going to lie. 18 was super fun. That one had you flying through the air. Oh, shit. Doing all sorts of acrobatic tricks and stuff. Like really utilizing the full arsenal that you have come to learn throughout all these chambers so far. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. And it makes you feel smart. That's one of the coolest fucking things about this game. When you unlock the puzzles, you're like, hell yeah, I did that shit. Yeah. And then once you get like just that feeling of like flow to go with the game as well. Oh, it is just seamless and you're flying through the air and you're having a blast. Oh, I love that. That's one of the, that's the other great thing about this game is it's not just the story. It's not just the puzzle solving. It's just fun. The gameplay itself is fun. I mean, this was a groundbreaking title. It had to be fun. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you get on to this moving platform and she says that in order to get your cake, you have to turn back in your equipment at the end of the, the entire run. Being your portal gun. You're being your portal gun. Thing is, is they've found that nobody really wants to turn back in the portal gun. It gives you the power of gods. At the end, yeah. <laughs> Why would you turn it in? So they've developed a way to make sure that everybody gives back the portal gun. Is and, it death? Well, you get on this moving platform. As you do, you turn a corner and you see a giant icon of the cake. <gasps> cake. And you're heading right towards it. Hell yeah. And then you turn another corner and the robot says, congratulations, you've earned your cake. Yay! And then she tells you that your equipment is rated for up to 4,000 Kelvin, which in Fahrenheit is 6,740 degrees Fahrenheit or 3,726 degrees Celsius. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hotter than any human could ever possibly hope to survive. Totally. I can't do very well over like 97, so... I get it. And they come around a corner and there's just a fucking furnace that this platform is heading towards. Oh, no. And she says, thank you for being a participant. Have a nice day. So they're just going to set you on fire like it's the end of Toy Story 3? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then they'll just collect the portal gun afterwards because you'll just be ashes and the portal gun's going to be they'll absolutely burn fine. burn you around it. Yep. Because nobody ever wants to let go. Jesus. But you do manage to see a white wall above the furnace. <gasps> So you can get out. As well as a white wall to your right. So yes, you do manage to get out. Yay. And once you get out of the furnace, she congratulates you again. And she says, way to go on surviving the final test. You realize that we weren't actually trying to kill you. <laughs> we were just pretending to kill you. Great cover, Voldemort. So now take the gun, put it down, and assume the party escort submission position to go to your party. Somebody will be along to take you to it. The party escort submission? Fucking <laughs> Jesus. She's not even fucking trying anymore. Basically, lie down and don't move, and somebody <laughs> will come and get you. Just be ready to die, we'll BRB. And she ensures you that trying to kill you was just a joke. JK, y'all. Now you find yourself behind the scenes at Aperture Science. Oh, no, you're not supposed to go back there. No, and it's, it's like that final scene in uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, no. Where he gets into the facility and yeah. he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. Right. And it's very much looks that same way. That very like high ceilings, white walls yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Very cool. 
So you work your way through the depths of the facility while the voice is like taunting you and telling you (laughs) to stop and give up, right? (laughs) Of course it is. And you're going through these abandoned offices and corridors and you even manage to find your way into those like empty windows that were overlooking the test chambers. (gasps) Creepy. Oh, so you can see like the chambers that you from the other angles now? Yeah. That's kind of sick. I'm not going to lie. And again, fully abandoned. (laughs) There's nobody in this fucking building. Oh, no. You pass by a boardroom, and in that boardroom, there's a slideshow. And the slideshow is comparing Aperture Science to Black Mesa. <gasps> they were doing comparison shit? They were, <laughs> because great. they were both up for a contract with the Department of Defense. Oh. And both companies are going after this contract for a de-icer. De-icer. Yeah, just to stop ice from forming on stuff. Okay. Okay? So, Black Mesa has... Overpaid, unambitious employees. <laughs> you know, like hungover 20-somethings <laughs> that come into work two hours late. <laughs> like bullshit-ass Dr. Gordon Freeman. I love this. First yeah. of all, I've done these decks. <laughs> like, I've dead-ass, like, I immediately was like, oh, I can think of three times I've had to do these decks in my life. <laughs> and I remember how I've done them. So, yeah. first of all, props. Second of all, I love that we're comparing this to a game that I've also fallen a little in love with. <laughs> Go on about fucking overpaid, underachieving ass, fucking hungover ass, 20 something ass Dr. Gordon Freeman. And so these unambitious employees <laughs> made a device that prevents ice from building up. I like that you're saying this sarcastically. Like that was the goal. <laughs> well, here's Aperture, right? Yeah. So Aperture's was less expensive. Also prevented ice, but was a fully functioning disk operating system, arguably alive. Wait, what? (laughs) What do you mean, arguably alive? (laughs) That was their just their little tagline at the end. Arguably alive. Where's the argument? (laughs) And why are we arguing? Well, the project was called the Genetic Life Form and Disk Operating System, also known as. G-L-A-D-O-S? GLaDOS. Dun, dun, dun. It's Voldemort! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, we don't know that quite yet. So GLaDOS was created as a de-icer that came alive? Yeah, GLaDOS was made to... She was a lighter that became sentient? (laughs) (laughs) The fuck are you saying to me? Have you ever flown into, like, a city that has snow and they have to spray it down with de-icer? That's GLaDOS. That was GLaDOS' original intention. It's salt? (laughs) It's fucking salt. So they just accidentally invented AI. In comparison to Gordon Freeman, who's just like shooting fucking like alien crabs and shit. And what's great is their AI was less expensive than whatever the fuck Black Mesa did. (laughs) Well, Black Mesa had to spend a lot on transportation. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. They do have a 20 minute tram ride into work. Like... (laughs) In every all day. fairness, every single day. And it's not a big tram, but it's a real <laughs> long track. Like, they've got three cars in that bitch, but it goes on for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, like, what they're, you know, Aperture is just kind of like one big building. Like, it's one mm-hmm. campus. Black Mesa was like a whole compound, in yeah. all fairness. So they spent a lot more money on resources and overhead. Let me justify the fucking cogs of these machines. Well, as we'll find out, too... There's a lot more to Aperture Science than meets the eye. More than meets the eye. So you're still going through this whole facility, and you can still hear 
well, as we've learned now, GLaDOS <gasps> talking to you over and over again. But you can tell she's actually lost track of you. You're not ice. She, you're not meant for her. <laughs> I'm so upset that she's made as a de-icer. Why did you tell me that? This slideshow is the only mention of her being formed as a de-icer, too. This is not like... It, Fucking evil Zamboni over here. I think they may have retconned it even in Portal 2. Okay. A little bit. So let's keep that in mind for next time. Yeah, but initially... What the fuck? It was for de-icing, and they made GLaDOS as a part of this whole de-icing process. And it's disc-operated de-icer? Like, my laptop doesn't even have a fucking disk drive anymore. <laughs> Laptops don't come with disk drives no. anymore. Like, Jesus Christ, sorry. I'm, I'm going to be unraveling about this for a while. Well, canonically, I think the development began in 97 for her. Okay. In so, terms of, like, the history. So everything was very disc-operated in the yeah, 90s. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I think she was developed during a disc-operated time. Still upset. And she was conceived in, like, the 80s. Like the, wow. The first so are you. Oh, yeah. But again, we're, we're going to learn a lot more of that in Portal 2. Okay. Just hanging on to my bitterness until then. Because <laughs> what the fuck? You can tell she's lost track of you because she says, you're not even going the right way. But then after she says that, she goes, is anyone there? <laughs> can anybody hear me? So you can tell she doesn't know where the fuck you are and that she is Getting a little nervous. Do you think she's a little upset that you're a silent protagonist and you're not like giving her anything to, for her to play off of? Yeah. That must frustrate her, right? Yeah. She then starts thinking of like things that would piss off a human because she's yeah. not human. Right. So she's starting to tell you things that she thinks will stop you. So she tells you that the cake has already been served and that they're not even going to save you a slice anymore. I appreciate like from office culture that like <laughs> I've worked in offices like cake really is like the ride or die like that or getting a sandwich tray yeah. <laughs> like catered in when you have guests is like the height of luxury when you work in an office so her thinking that cake is like this is the only thing humans love <laughs> is really great so it would be like oh there's a birthday everyone fucking gather for cake and then you just hear people talking about cake for the first hour and the second hour at before and after you eat the cake it's just can you believe we're having cake? Oh my God, did you get some cake? And that she internalized that in her AI is like, this is the only motivator for humans. So let's talk about the cake real quick. I'm like crying. This is great. And why the developers decided on cake oh. as being the driving force for the game. Are they broken office workers like me? Eric Walpaw, who is one of the head writers and one of the creators of the game, he has said... At the beginning of the portal development process, we sat down as a group to decide what philosopher or school of philosophy our game would be based on. That was followed by about 15 minutes of silence, and then someone mentioned that a lot of people like cake. <laughs> that was the same guy that was like, Gordon Freeman should be hungover when he comes to work. <laughs> that was the Half-Life writer that said that <laughs> Yeah, one. that was from Team Half-Life. He was like, hey man, let's keep it one motherfucking hundred. <laughs> They're all sitting there like, can I say something about Nietzsche without sounding like a douchebag? And he's like, yo, man, let's keep it one motherfucking hundred. I right? went to ASU. <laughs> I'm playing golf after this. Let's wrap this shit up. So Gladys tells you, if you stop now, I can convince them to save you one slice of cake still. So she really is just like quadrupling down on this cake situation. Love GLaDOS so goddamn much. Meanwhile, Ratman's still helping you out, leaving you all sorts of clues Ugh. all over the fucking walls. Like a good man. Guiding your way out, like showing you where all the exits are. Mm. I mean, you still have to like puzzle solve your way out of the building. It's so cool. It's like you're still in the test chambers, 
but you're now behind the scenes and you're using everything you learned to make your escape. Oh, that's great. As opposed to just completing these test chambers. Is that so satisfying? It's super satisfying because, again, you need to use everything that you've learned. And then they start introducing new shit again. Oh, shit? Yeah. Still? Still introducing shit. Isn't that fucking awesome? So phase one of the game is like true straightforward testing chambers. Now you're in the second phase where you're just kind of an open environment version yeah. where it's not structured, but you still have to use the same components. And then they're adding more shit to and you. They're still adding more shit to it. That's cool. We haven't gotten to the new elements just yet, but we're about to. Okay. GLaDOS comes over and she even is starting to like make light of the past. She's like, remember when I pretended I was going to kill you? Oh my God. Wasn't that fun? Like she's really just trying to downplay the entire situation that we've been living through now. Gaslighting ass robot. <laughs> so you have to get through the section of pistons. Now this reminded me entirely of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> when she just looks at it and goes, well, fuck that. <laughs> Whoever wrote this should be shot. <laughs> yeah. So a piston, is that the smushy yeah. robot thing? So it's like two platforms that come together to smush in the middle. Yep, entirely. I can't think of a better way of phrasing it than you smush. You said it perfectly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get smushed for sure, but you've got your portal gun so you can shoot across all of it okay. and just avoid all this shit. You got to time it out so your portal gets Shot and not smushed. Exactly, exactly. Gotcha. Well, now GLaDOS is no longer offering you cake. Oh, no. Now she says if you don't stop, she's going to have to kill you. Damn it. This is where a new element gets introduced. You enter a room, and it has this ball that, like, lifts up out of the ground, and it's on a pole. And it's got, it's kind of like the sentry turrets, where it's following you and finding you. But uh -huh. once it locks on, it shoots a rocket at you. Oh, shit. Yeah. What the fuck? They're slow-moving rockets. They're pretty easy to dodge. Okay. But uh, you've got a window between you and this thing, so it blows out the window and kind of shows you, all right, this is how this mechanic now works. Yeah. There's a window across from it. You've got to get that window blown out. You run through. This is going to come back into play later. Okay. Now, by this point, we are deep in the bowels of aperture science. Like, you can't see up. Oh, no. So when you were saying, like, Black Mace is a compound. Yeah. Aperture is equally as much of a compound. Is it similar to how, like, Bendy goes down into the depths of hell and has, like, 60 floors underground for no fucking reason? It goes four kilometers into the ground. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, it's an old salt mine, You could actually. do a fun run all the way down. <laughs> Damn. Yes, the uh, Aperture Science was built on an old salt mine, so it goes four kilometers down into the, into the earth. It was a salt mine and their whole thing was a de-icer? <laughs> Describe my face right now. You are like this just look of shock and like... Anger. And this they is anger. AI to do it. I'm so upset they were right now. surrounded by the answer. <laughs> and they fucking put robots to life. <laughs> they built this city on rock and roll and they fucking... <laughs> God damn it. I, I, there's some good irony there. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. I'm really upset about it. Well, finally, you enter a room, and there is a giant robot suspended from the ceiling. Oh, shit. And it's surrounded by, like, TVs, kind of like a jumbotron at a basketball game, you know? Okay. Yeah, but this, it's hard to describe what GLaDOS looks like as a character hanging from the ceiling. I've never quite seen anything else like it. That's it's, So it makes it very difficult to describe. The closest I can think of was from the Disneyland ride Captain EO, 
and the queen from that descends down the same way. Does that even exist anymore? I know, it doesn't. You got to look it up on like YouTube and shit just to even see it exist. Doug Benson's in that. Oh, that's right. Doug Benson is in that. He's, He's a like dancer in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't find anything else. Maybe like the, the queen from Aliens, you know, but I can't think of too many other things that it would look like. I can't, I can't help you here. It is such a unique robot. Yeah. She's got kind of a long head plate. Mm-hmm. she's white and then there's a lot of like black and gray wires coming in and out of her I really do just recommend looking up a picture of GLaDOS because it's a very unique design would you recommend just playing it oh fuck yes entirely you can pick up the entire set for $18 Portal 1 and 2 on Steam that's nothing it's nothing and it is so worth playing for a dozen and a half dollars yeah it is wonderful and absolutely recommend it that's great anyway there's GLaDOS. You get to see her for the first time. The icing robot. Does she look like she's a de-icing robot? <laughs> no, she doesn't look like she's used de-ice planes. Like, not that I would know what that looks like, but what the hell? Well, she tells you that she has a surprise for you. Is it cake? And she's going to give you that surprise in five, four, three, and then a ball falls off of her. Oh, shit. And she says she doesn't know what the ball is or why it's there, but just never mind. Ignore it. Why would you ignore it? Don't ignore it. No. So you pick it up and you look around and you find a furnace that looks like the exact one that killed your companion cube. Oh, no. You drop that ball into it and GLaDOS has a very visible reaction to this ball getting destroyed. Uh Uh-oh. And she appears hurt, in fact. Oh, no. And then she starts laughing. That's never a good sign. Turns out that ball was her morality core. She had one? (laughs) There was one in her to begin with? Yeah. Why is there morality core in the desalting robot? Well, as Ratman will later on come to say, Oh no. You can always ignore your conscience. Oh, fuck me. So now that the morality core has been removed, she reveals that a while back, um, she had killed a whole fuck ton of people by just unleashing a bunch of neurotoxin into the facility. Oh my god. And then uh, they put that morality core into her to stop her from ever doing that again. <laughs> Which reminds her, she's going to start filling the facility with neurotoxin. She's like, that was a great fucking idea. Which will kill you in six minutes. Oh, Jesus. So a timer starts, and now you have six minutes to defeat GLaDOS. Oh, my God. It's great when you get a timed boss. Yeah, that came from the playtesters. Huh. They wanted the timer for the ending. Okay. They thought it made it a little bit more fun to have a timer to it. Yeah. Yeah. Raise the stakes just a teensy bit. Yeah. That was added on by the playtesters. That's cool. One of those new elements, the rocket balls, comes into play here. Oh, okay. And what you have to do is basically put a portal underneath GLaDOS and then get the rocket to aim at you at a wall and then dodge just in time for the rocket to go through the portal up into GLaDOS. And each time it knocks off another ball from her that you have to drop into the furnace. More of her fucking like personality. Yeah, they're all personality cores. My favorite one is the third one gives the real recipe for the chocolate cake. Oh no! (laughs) That was really built into her. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Each of these uh, cores has like little voice lines and stuff. One one is just pure rage. The final one is just pure (laughs) rage. Like it's the fucking end of seven. Yeah, one of them's kind of a misogynist. Oh. Two, he's like, because he sees Chell's a woman, he's like, oh, you might want to leave this for the men to handle there, sweetie. Ew. Yeah, saying some shit like that. And I was just like, oh. Fuck off. Yeah, I didn't care for that one. However, you finally manage to kill GLaDOS, right? You get the last rocket, shoot her, destroy her, everything, and gravity reverses. Oh. 
and you're both lifted upward. Oh, like are you shooting up or are you just losing gravity where you're like floating around? Yeah, you're losing gravity. Everything is oh. just lifting up into the air. Creepy. And everything fades to black. Oh, and shit. And you awake outside of Aperture Science. And you can see like there's a guard gate and there's a guard house and there's like debris falling. Things are on fire. And you're just like laying down unconscious, like still coming to. Oh, shit. And then you hear a male robotic voice say, thank you for assuming the party escort submission position. <laughs> and your body gets dragged away. <gasps> oh, shit. And you fade to black. Oh, no. The camera dives deep into the facility and we're in a room that looks like the Hall of Prophecy from the Harry Potter movies with all the balls on like on all the shelves and everything. Okay. But they're all the personality cores instead on all these shelves. Oh, shit. And in the center of a room is a whole ass chocolate cake Aww. with a lit candle. Aww. And the companion cube is there. Oh, hey, buddy. And one of the balls starts to slowly light up and come to life. And the song Still Alive plays and the candle is extinguished. Oh. And that's the end of Portal. Oh, wait, that's kind of sweet, actually. Right? I like that. You got to reunite with your companion cube. There's cake. The circles are singing at you. Why are you making that face? I feel like it's not going to go well from here. Well, because Portal 2 picks up immediately after this moment. Uh-huh. Where Chell was dragged off back into Aperture Science. Oh, right. We're back in hell. This is bad. <laughs> There's no way this ends well. I do want to talk about the song Still Alive real quick because yeah. it's sung by GLaDOS. Love that. It's very funny. It kind of tells the tale of what happens in Portal. Okay. And it is even available on Guitar Hero. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's iconic as fuck. Yeah. There's not a lot of music from video games that gets that iconic. Like, right? Like the fucking Zelda songs are pretty iconic. That's Mario, obviously. <laughs> but then it's like this and, you know, but pretty great. Portal to get that song one and the cake is a lie, too. That's fucking great. Yeah. The zeitgeist that it entered with this. Let's talk a little bit about Ratman real quick. My boyfriend. Because the Ratman comic bridges Portal and Portal 2. It's called Lab Rat, right? Called Lab Rat, yeah. right. Dr. Ratman worked for Aperture. Yes. For many years. A contemporary to Gordon, mm -hmm. if you will. Absolutely. But Aperture is not known for hiring the best and the brightest. <laughs> well, they're not overpaid underachievers by any means. No. But... I think that was just his way of hyping up his own people. That's fair. As we'll find out in Portal 2, the leader of Aperture Sciences is a scumbag to... <laughs> The nth degree, who oh, no. is take the cheapest fucking route possible. <laughs> and yeah, he is not a good man by any <laughs> means. So Ratman starts to notice that uh, GLaDOS is kind of murderous. <laughs> he picked up on those notions. And picked up on that pretty quick. And the reason GLaDOS had the morality core installed was that she decided to unleash the neurotoxin on Take your daughter to work day. Oh, my God. She's like, oh, there's extra people here. Cool. You're yeah. all getting murked. Uh, not everybody died that day. Most of them actually managed to get into some containment units. Oh, okay. And survive that way. Cool shit. And the robot, uh, GLaDOS, decided to, instead of using testing people from like the outside, let's just start using our employees. <laughs> as testing people oh no and in the comics ratman is 
going through the facility as one of the testing people. Okay. And he meets the companion cube. And like I said, he's not the best and brightest. He's actually psychotic. And he's been on antipsychotic meds for a very, very long time. He like hears voices, right? Yeah. And he decides, he, he gets down to his last two and he realizes, I have to stop taking these. Oh. I need to save these for something. I don't know what at his this pills? point. Yeah, his last two antipsychotic pills. Ooh. He knows that the day is going to come where he's going to need to be in his right mind. But he knows that today is not that day. He's like, I'm going to be lucid another day, but not today, motherfucker. So he starts to lose his fucking mind. Okay. And he Great. gets latched onto the companion cube, but he is living in this facility trying to outsmart GLaDOS, and he realizes he cannot. Oh, no. I know. The desalting robot <laughs> is outsmarting the, the mad scientist. Right. Jesus, fuck. So he goes and he looks at all of the testing um, people that are on the list for people to be tested. Which are employees. Which are all employees and... Sadly, many of the children from Take Your Daughter to Work Day. So it's a bunch of employees and their daughters. Yeah, and they're all in like kind of cryo sleep. They're all being just taken care of in cryo sleep until it's their turn to be tested. Okay, so if you didn't die in the neurotoxin chambers, you ran into these other chambers that saved you and they're in sleep mode now. Basically. Okay. Yeah. So Ratman's one of the few people that are like awake and like sent like running around being like oh shit the only one he's the only one he is the all alone oh fuck and he only has companion cube to talk to poor guy and companion cube in the comics does talk to him oh no <laughs> this is right. probably it why glados said if the companion cube is talking to you don't listen to it she's like based on my research <laughs> you're probably crazy like ratman right. so everyone is in cryo sleep because you're either dead or in cryo sleep Exactly. Fucking GLaDOS is like, this is a PR nightmare. Mm -hmm. I might as well make some use of it. <laughs> Ratman manages to find the computer that has all of the test subjects in it. Okay. HR. HR. And he looks in it and he finds the file for Shell. And Shell's file says, will not give up ever. And he thinks, that's the person. Are we to assume Shell was a daughter and not an employee? We're going to find out in two. Okay, got it. Yes, we do find out in two definitively. Gotcha. So he sees this and he says, that's our person. That's who's going to save us. Just tenacious as fuck. And he moves Chell's name to the top of the testing list. So that way she will be selected the next time that Gladys wants to test somebody. Gotcha. And that's what he was saving his final two pills for was what, the day that she gets out. Mm. And so he follows her. He is with her like concurrently throughout the entire portal game he was there the whole time the whole fucking time my boyfriend watching shell oh and he's there when she gets out and he's there when she gets dragged back in is he the one that drags her back in no <gasps> no no oh. he's not it is no it's the, the robot that takes her away for the uh, party escort submission position oh no he, he is the escort oh. that took him away but uh ratman sees this happen so ratman's like i i can't leave her Oh. I can't fucking leave her. Oh. So he See, he's a committed man. He's smart. He's got a good job. He's got a good heart. That's my man's. And by this point, the companion cube has stopped talking to him because he's taken his last two antipsychotic meds Aww. and he's completely alone again. Hmm. So this entire time he's had somebody to talk to and now he, he can't even get answers. And while he's getting through the facility, the companion cube can't warn him when there's a sentry turret coming around the corner and he gets shot. Oh, shit. By one of the sentry turrets. Oh, no. 
And when he comes waking up, because he bleeds out for a while and p- passes out, Ugh. when he wakes up, the companion cube is back talking to him. <laughs> there it is. So the, com- the now the meds are worn off and everything, and the cube starts to give him a warning. Like, hey, listen, the entire facility is offline, and everybody that's in a containment unit right now is going to die. Oh, no. Including Shell. Because Shell has gotten put into just a, a new containment unit. It's a much nicer version than the glass case of emotion that she had been Yeah, but she's back in cryosleep. But she's back in cryosleep. And so Ratman goes and he diverts all reserve power to her unit. Aww. And he's like, I don't know when she'll wake up, but it should at least be alive. Ugh. And then he goes and puts himself into a cryo unit and hopes for the best. Oh! Boyfriend. And that's the last we ever hear of Ratman. Mm, I love him so goddamn much. Because it's very unclear if he lives. Oh, in he probably two. dies. Let's be one. Yeah. I think he gets out, but I don't think he gets out anywhere near the time that Shell does. It's in not Portal definitive. Two. No. Yeah. But that is the story of Portal One. And we will come back next week. Oh, I'm so excited. To talk about Portal Two and all of the absolute insanity of that fucking game. <laughs> Which is, I mean, this game was pretty insane. Oh, absolutely it was, right? Yeah. Did not expect that this quote-unquote fucking demo (laughs) was going to have an entire episode's worth of story, but here we are. I didn't know GLaDOS was a fucking Zamboni. (laughs) And I'm really upset about it. Because what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? Yeah, right? One of the greatest video game villains of all time was just a fucking, like, salt machine. Yeah. That came out of a salt mine. Are you fucking kidding me? Chell and the salt machine. Chell and the salt machine. Fuck you. lose my fucking mind. <laughs> if this came out in 2017, this right. would be fucking shell the salt machine. Oh, kill me now. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to do Portal 2 now. Because we're going to meet Cave Johnson. Cave motherfucking Johnson. Cave Johnson is the man who started Aperture Science, who was just a shower curtain salesman turned scientist. Which is fully a cover for some bad shit <laughs> you know that motherfucker was up to some shit if he's out here being like yeah i made a billion dollars on shower curtains wink wink right now i'm gonna come up with a de-icer wink 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 <laughs> like are you fucking kidding me and he's swinging it for black mesa yeah fuck off doesn't sound like anybody who's like oh i'm just gonna sell books for a living now he flies to outer space <laughs> so you know it's happened <laughs> I'm really excited for the real life Ratman to come out of that whole situation, though. <laughs> when they're like, we've got an Amazon de-icer. It's operated by disc. We'll be like, all right, let's fucking go. Not a Cave Johnson. You want a Ratman. Yeah. No, okay. I am fully team Ratman. I'm very excited <laughs> for that. And like, oh, it's very good. I mean, and I like, I just keep coming back to like, I want to almost see Gordon Freeman go through this, too, because like it's in the same world. Yeah. Like, maybe he did an internship there. <laughs> He's on the wall somewhere. Right, right. <laughs> I, or like maybe he's got like an ex-lover that works there and that's why they broke up. They got different internships at different companies. I was saying this to you earlier. This reminds me of the same feeling I had at the end of South Park, uh, The Stick of Truth. Where In what fucking way? It was a perfect gaming experience. Oh, I love that. In every fucking way. And this is the only time this game has been compared to The Stick of Truth. And the sequel's better. 
Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's true, too. You know? Like, in listening to, and, like, I've played both the South Park games, and, like, Stick of Truth was so good, and then you play Fractured Butthole, and you're like, oh, they made that a thousand times fucking yeah. better, and I still love the first one. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Portal 2 as well, because yeah. Portal 1, I was, like, fully engaged. Yeah. Fully just like, oh, this is as much fun as I remember it being. Oh, I love that. Because I haven't played it since 2007. Yeah. That was the first time I'd picked it up since 2007, and I had a fucking blast. That's great. That's 15 years? Yeah. Holy shit. And I know that Portal 2's way better. <laughs> and so. It, Portal 2's also longer. Like, it is. Right? Like, it, playthrough of this one is, you said, first time, about three hours. If you know what you're doing, one and a half to two. Yeah. How long is Portal 2? I'd say that's a good four and a half, five hours, like knowing what you're doing. Okay, so you kind of double down on it, yeah. basically. Easily. Gotcha. And it's a full story and it has so many great actors in it. Oh, I'm excited. J.K. Simmons, Ugh, Stephen swoon. Merchant. Like, yes. We even get Uncle Noli in there. You can't have a video game without Nolan North. Well, we just had Portal. I think that's fair. <laughs> He's in the franchise. It counts. Yeah. <laughs> He's in fucking everything. Yeah. Like His residuals must just be ungodly m amounts of money. I would hope so. Yeah. He I works hard. He deserves it. Like He's a fucking fantastic voice actor. Yeah. Voice actors do deserve as much money as possible. They do. No, they're, they're incredible, incredible performers. Like When you get a good voice actor, it's the difference between like a good and bad game. Like Heavy Rain. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic gameplay. It would be an excellent game if it had better voice actors. Oh my god, the voice acting so bad. Jason. <laughs> the fact that they mispronounce origami and call it origami and origami interchangeably <laughs> in the same scenes by the same actors is maddening. Uh, and they mostly call it origami. No origami. But killer. sometimes they're like, it's origami, and you're like, was anyone directing you? And they're like, absolutely no, not. No. <laughs> no. We never saw David Cage once. No, no one has. <laughs> David Cage is a lie. The cage is a lie. The cage is a lie. Oh, no. We're folding in on ourselves again. I'm going to go behind the wall and hang out with my boyfriend, Dr. Ratman, until next week. Yes. Eat some cake. So much fun. <laughs> Can't wait to be back next week. We will give you Portal 2. Yep. And until then, I'm going to be jumping on our Instagram, dropping some pics. I mean, I'll find something cool, GLaDOS. Throw her up there. Yeah. We, don't, we definitely want you guys to be able to see what GLaDOS looked like. Oh, and we do see your emails. Thank you for sending those in. Yes. Um, it's helping us flesh out kind of episodes that we want to do. Some of them are a little tricky. Mm -hmm. We're figuring it out. Most definitely. Like, I would love to do Until Dawn, but I just don't think that's feasible in the way we structure this show where yeah. we tell you how things go. Like, there's too many branching narratives to do that. Although, yeah. fuck, I love that game so much. Oh, there's some games oh. that I'm dying to do. I've got some surprise games even for you coming up. Oh. I, honestly, Disco Elysium's hard to structure for this show even, but I promise you it's coming. I love the atmosphere of that game. I don't think I could play it. It's a hard game to play. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's and, and, different. It's it's so unique. Yeah, and I'm just like I don't play D&D &D and I don't like reading. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sound like a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, it's just it's super subtitle heavy and I get a little goopy gamer brain where I'm like I do want to just shoot something sometimes. Totally. Like, like, life is strange. I'm glad they're broken up into episodes because I'm like, well, can I shoot something, please, now? Yeah. I it, can only deal with so much teen drama. It only takes your time for an hour and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then you cry <laughs> and then <laughs> I get on. back on Red Dead and I'm like, I'm gonna go shoot some O'Driscolls and get that out of my system. All right, let's go. Let's go. But hey, you know what? We pulled off Heavy Rain and that's some pretty heavy branching narrative. 
Especially when you kill off one of the characters. I was just going to say, I really love that. If you guys listen to that episode, Tom kills a main character like a third of the way in the fucking game. Did not realize it was permadeath and got very confused. And I was like, and then this happens. And he was like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) But that's in the back catalog. But stick around for Portal 2 coming up next week. Yep. All right, Goombas. Until next time. Thank you, friends. Bye. Satisfaction Aperture science We do what we must Because we can For the good of all of us Except the ones who are dead But there's no sense Crying over every mistake You just keep on